The Jewish people are finally being let free. The first time in Jewish history where we as a people were slaves. And the first episode of our freedom may be very soon today. Reading Parshas Bai in 2024 feels so different and so close to home. Because the first time in my lifetime, I truly feel the sense of servitude and the sense of pain that we Jewish people feel. The difficulty to walk around as proud Jews without that subconscious fear. And the first thing Hashem tells Moshe to do before telling him how exactly they're going to be free is to take a lamb and tie it to their bedpost. I find that specifically very empowering. The sheep was a god in Egypt. The fact that the Jewish people who were slaves in this empire were able to walk around and do something that was inadvertently very put down. It was very risky in a sense to take their God and tie it to your doorpost with the intention of sacrificing it in three days could have got them into a lot of trouble. But the fact that after 10 plagues, finally, the Jewish people could do whatever they wanted because at the end of the day, the Egyptians feared them at this point. I was walking around the airport, in Dubai airport, in Sydney airport, where the minister of Lebanon and his entire entourage came to meet him with my bring them home sign. And I wish I looked more Jewish with an Israeli flag of some sort. And I felt no fear. Why should I feel scared to be Jewish? And so too, the Jewish people are doing what they're meant to do as proud Jews in Egypt, following what Hashem tells them to do. And so Hashem tells Moshe, after three days, you are going to make a barbecue. al Specifically barbecue, because barbecue, the molecules shrink. The Jewish people had to be united. They had to have a sense of insular connectivity. And you are going to take hyssop. And you are going to dip the hyssop in the blood of the carbon of this lamb. And take that blood and paint it on your doorpost. And when you paint it on your doorpost, I will know which house is Jewish and which house is not. And therefore, I will pass over the houses of the Jewish people. And I will kill all the firstborns of Egypt. And that will bring fear to Pharaoh because he is a firstborn and he will let you go. As we love to say when we're kids, Para in pajamas in the middle of the night comes running to Para to Moshe and says, please leave because I don't want to die. I hear the plague of the firstborn is here. And the Jewish people have to sit around every family together, eat matzah and maror together with the Pesach offering. And this was the first Pesach. Pesach is a holiday that the Jewish people, that majority of the world, keeps and remembers because it's the beginning of our story. There's one interesting thing that happens just before the Jewish people sit down to eat their meal. Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu of a mitzvah, the first mitzvah for the Jewish people, the, the, the mitzvah of blessing the new moon. Now, this mitzvah is questioned by Rashi in the first parsha in Sefer Bracious. In the first Rashi of Sefer Bracious, 
Rashi asks a question. Why does the Torah start now in Sefer Breshis? Really, it should start from this week's Parsha, Parsha's Bite. The new moon will be for you. The mitzvah of the new moon is a very beautiful mitzvah. Essentially, the Jewish people have an ability to be a part of the calendar cycle. Meaning that whilst the seasons run according to the way Hashem brings the new seasons, the rain comes, the snow comes, the fall, the leaves fall. But when it comes to the new month, Hashem empowers us, Jewish people, with the ability to collaborate with Him. By saying, when you see a new moon, it was human beings that two people see the new moon. They go to the Beth Din and they say, we see a new moon. And what does the Beth Din do? They light a fire on the hills, the area of Jerusalem. There were a lot of very high hills, the hills of Judea. And the neighboring city would see the fire on top of the hill and say, the new moon has come. It's a new month. And we know Jewish people. A lot of our Jewish holidays are according to the new moon. So if this is the first day of Sivan, then we know that in 14 days time, we are going to bring the carbon Pesach and Pesach is here. We collaborate with God when it comes to creating the calendar system. I don't know if everyone knows this, but the calendar system in Judaism is incredible. There is no calendar system as interesting, as sophisticated as the Jewish calendar. We know that the Muslims only use the lunar calendar. That's why Ramadan comes in all different shapes and sizes. It can come in the summer months. It can come in the winter months. But we know that the Torah tells us very specifically that Pesach needs to be in the Aviv. It has to be in the spring. And if you go only according to the new moon, to the moon cycle, the moon cycle and the sun cycle do not match up. There are 365 days in the solar year. It takes 365 days for the earth to go around the sun or the sun to go around the earth, whether it's heliocentric or geocentric. Um, And it takes 29 and a quarter days for the moon to go around the sun, which essentially means that there is a 12 and a half day discrepancy every single year between the solar cycle and the lunar cycle. That is essentially why, because the moon is 12 days behind Every single year, the solar cycle, every couple of years, we add an extra month. As in this year, we have an extra Adar, which is really cool that the Jewish people, we go according to the sun and according to the moon. But this is no random feat that the Jewish people have a mitzvah to go according to the moon. What is the moon? The moon waxes and wanes. The moon is the story of the Jewish people. We have good times. and We have hard times. Ever before 7th of October, I'm like, us Jewish people, we're killing it. I didn't even really think anti-Semitism existed. Okay, subconsciously always existed. But I never felt like it was even a conversation, something I ever even had to think about. We've had glorious times in Jewish history. During the golden age of Spain, the Jewish people under King Solomon in the times of the first temple. 
very often we've had terrible times in Jewish history. We've had expulsions, we've had genocide, we've had pogroms, we've had ghettos, we've had massacres as we've experienced in our own lifetime. And we've had the world cheering it on, which exacerbates the pain in many ways. We symbolize the moon. The moon grows. The moon waxes, the moon wanes. The moon has good times and the moon has quiet times. Times where it's seen by everyone and its light shines upon the world. And there are times where the moon is hidden and subdued in many ways. The sun, on the other hand, is static. It stays the same. It never grows. It never changes. It always has its light. The only reason why sometimes we see the sun and sometimes we don't see the sun at nighttime is because the, the earth is shifting. But the sun is always static, which represents the Jewish people as well. There are things about Ju- Judaism that has never changed. The Torah itself has never changed. We are a never-changing people. And whilst the world likes to say that, no, we're different people from the past, we are not different people from the past. We are the same people from the past. We are indigenous people in our indigenous homeland. This week, I had the honor and privilege. The other night, Tuesday night, still Chalabek in the north in a tent in the Shetach um, for a group of soldiers who literally live in a tent in the middle of nowhere. And we're literally baking challah in a tent in the north on our biblical homeland. And I stopped and I marveled about how powerful it was because I was standing in mud, the same mud that the Jewish people stood in. This is the same ground. It wasn't some sophisticated new floorboards that had been put in. I'm standing in mud in a tent, quite a a simple tent, a tent that they probably could have created in those days. And yeah, we're baking challah, baking bread. There's nothing more staple, more simple, more historical than bread, flour and water and yeast. It was very special. And it reminded me of how historical we are as a people. How for all these thousands of years, we've been baking bread. And so too in this week's parasha, the Jewish people are told to bake bread, unleavened bread which I'm not sure how our challahs turns out, but I really hope they will leaven. Anyways, the Jewish people are compared to the sun and the moon. We have our times in history where we wax and wane, but the comfort that Hashem gives us is one, the moon always renews itself. It doesn't matter. They can try to kill us. They can try to subdue our light, subdue our spirit. We always renew ourselves. We always come back stronger. And we've seen it. We are strong as a people. I've never seen the Jewish people more united, more together, more accepting. It doesn't matter if you're religious or you're not religious or what you do, how you keep Shabbat. We're all one people. And you feel that. I sit in Israel. I don't, I can't, I speak Hebrew-ish. I didn't grow up like they grew up. I never went to the army and I always felt so insecure, so out of it. Like I'm not Israeli and they would speak to me in English. I never wanted to feel like an American 
they would just think, oh, oh, as Americans, you're an American. And I was like, no, I'm from Australia. But still, same thing. For them, it's no different. You're out of it. You're not the same as us. Or one time at Border Control, um, they asked me, oh, you're a tourist. Me and my friend were like, we're not tourists. And I think now no one would think we're tourists. We're not tourists. We are Jews in our homeland. We are one and the same. And I think the fact that the world sees us as the same and calls for our destruction, no matter where we live, no matter what language we speak, no matter what we look like, emphasizes how united we are and how one we are. And so in many ways, the Jewish people, we come back stronger and we are united. But we're also like the sun in the sense that we never go away. You can never get rid of us. Our ideals, our values, our Torah, the things we stand for, they stay the same. Throughout history, there are times, there are moments that we were always called out for being different. But those same things we do then are the same things we do now. People couldn't understand how we didn't want to bow down to idols. Now the world doesn't necessarily bow down to idols. But there are other things that we do that people can't understand. The Torah has never changed. The Torah has stayed the same. We are extremely consistent as a people, despite the bumps, despite the pain, despite the up and downs. We always grow and we always come back stronger. And that's the promise of the first mitzvah Hashem gave us. This month will be for you is the story of our people. And so right after the Jewish people are told of the mitzvah that they are going to stay forever. And even though we wax and wane, we will live forever. They are told to sit around and dip hyssop on their doorposts. It's very strange. Why do the Jewish people have to dip blood on the doorposts? Didn't Hashem know where they lived? Why did it matter? Why did they have to sit around in families, eat a barbecued lamb and paint it on their doorposts? Because Hashem was sending a very powerful message. There are two dips of history. Every night in pay, of every single Pesach night, we ask, why do we dip twice? There are two dips that we dip the night of Pesach. We dip the karpas in the salt water and we dip the maror into chareses. And it's so random. Why do we dip? We even ask the question why we dip. We don't really answer it. There are two dips of history. The first dip is when Yosef and his brothers dipped Yosef's coat, the Kassinus Passam, the colorful coat into blood. The first dip got us into Egypt. The dip of separation. The dip of disunity. The dip of the brothers judging one another, not understanding one another, not understanding Yosef. And that's how we got to Egypt in the first place. Hashem was sending a really powerful message. The second dip is a dip that will get you out of Egypt. The dip of the hyssop, multiple hyssops. Dipping with your family, united under one roof together, having that carbon Pesach together with the matzah and mara. That second dip, of the blood on the doorposts will remind you, Jewish people, how you got here and how we get out of here is through Jewish unity. The secret to Jewish survival, the secret to our 2024 victory will only come 
through our unity and support of Israel, of our soldiers, of us as Jewish people, of embracing ourselves and recognizing and being proud of who we are, not shutting ourselves down, remembering where we come from, remembering our history, remembering our Torah, remembering how powerful we are as a people. And thus, these three things will get us out of Egypt. The first, being proud, being proud Jews, tying the lamb to the bed, even though it's not popular, even though the people in your nation, people that are trying to subdue you, will not understand it. By doing what it means to be Jewish in a proud way is admirable and will contribute towards our ultimate freedom. Two, remembering that we are like the moon. We always come back on top. And we're just like the sun too. We always stay the same. We're never going to disappear. And the third thing is the power of unity. Recognizing that together we'll be able to come out of this terrible exile out of the terrible pain that we've experienced in the past three months. And very soon, we will leave Egypt like free people with gold and silver, both physically, metaphorically, with love for one another, to our promised land, in our promised land, now or forever. Shabbat Shalom.